Hello, everyone. This is Eric Lundberg from the Courageous Truth Podcast. Wanted to make a couple of announcements before we got into this week's episode. This episode is going to be a little bit longer than normal. It's going to land between 20 and 25 minutes. Since we're talking about critical race theory, I really wanted to take my time and hopefully bring some clarity and hit some key points that I thought could not be skipped over as we open up the conversation about what critical race theory really is and what is being taught through these ideologies. The second thing I wanted to remind us all about is that I will be starting a weekly book review starting this Wednesday, May 19th. I'm very excited to review the book by Steve Deese and Todd Erzin, The Faucian Bargain. I think this is going to be a very important book and especially a book that requires courageous truth to open up and to explore. I'm excited. I'll see you on the digital and a video platform. And again, as I begin to open up more and more of this platform, it will take a little bit of time to get everything dialed in just right. But thank you all for your patience and your support. Be sure to hit subscribe, like, share, and leave a review and enjoy this week's episode of the Courageous Truth Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast. I am your host, Eric Lundberg. I am a proud pastor, a proud parent, a proud business owner, and a proud American. Here at the Courageous Truth Podcast, we strive to live courageously, through the lens of scripture and build courageous lives in a world that is driven by fear. Tune in today for your dose of courageous truth. Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend a little bit of time with me. Just a reminder that the mission of this podcast is to equip all listeners and believers to look at the world through a biblical lens and develop a biblical worldview. Over the past few episodes, we've been tackling topics that are relevant to culture today. We looked at propaganda, we looked at the next generation, we've looked at what it means to be a Christian dissident. Last week, we had my wife on the show, and that was a lot of fun. But today I want to talk about something that is hitting very, very close to home to all of us. Um, It's becoming more and more prevalent in our culture and especially in the education system. And that is the topic of critical race theory. Now, before I even get into that, I want to make a couple of disclaimers right out the gate to make sure that I'm very clear on a few things. Number one, racism is real. It is very real. And number two, Racism is a sin, and I believe that it can be healed, and God wants to do a healing work, and I believe that there are three biblical steps to take in order to see racism healed in our world. Number one, we need conviction. If we have racism in us, if we have that sin inside of our spirits, our hearts, our emotion, we need the Holy Spirit to convict us. We don't need guilt trips. We don't need to be manipulated. We need the Holy Spirit to convict us. Second thing we need is we need repentance. If we find ourselves being convicted for the sin of racism, 
for for a mindset or a paradigm that is racist, we need to repent of our sin. Regardless of what your race is or your cultural background, you need to repent from your sin. I need to repent from my sin if I'm being convicted. And finally, we need to be reconciled. We need reconciliation. After we've repented, we need to reconcile our relationship with God. That way we can reconcile our relationship to our fellow man. I believe that racism can be healed by the blood of Jesus. I believe Jesus died for it. And I believe that God wants to see mankind restored in relationship to him and to one another. I want to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. The word of God says this, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulation. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of two, thus making peace, and in his one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. God wants to restore our relationship to him and our relationship to one another. Now, I want to get into the danger of critical race theory. We've seen it. Coming through the educational system, we've really seen a push for critical race theory, and I, I want to take a look at it, I want to break it down, and I want to spend a little bit of time today talking about it, because I believe we need to understand what's really being taught and what's really being taught about. The danger in critical race theory is that this type of ideology has already disqualified me, a white man, from speaking to this issue because of the fact that I am white. And according to critical race theory, I am automatically an oppressor. Now, why do we need to discuss this topic? I begin believe that it is beginning to seep into the culture, and now even more it is beginning to seep into our educational system. And that affects far more than just the teachers who are having, you know, it can be disguised as racial sensitivity training, it can be disguised as whatever, but the fact that these principles are being taught is very very dangerous. It is disguised as equity or equality, but it is in fact quite the opposite. Now we need to ask ourselves, well, where, where, did, where did this come from? Where do we start? In 1848, the ideas of two men named Karl Marx and Frederick Engels created what is known as the Communist Manifesto. And that communist manifesto is so many different things, but basically it's separating people into two separate groups, the oppressors and the oppressed. And they did this, they came up with, with these two groups based on economic status, and that would be known as simply critical theory. And it kind of challenged the philosophical and sociological power structures and constructs of that day. It was, it was to create kind of a philosophical rebellion against conservative and moral standards of the day. Now, these ideas were weaved in and out of different cultures and different thoughts of the time. And we can see, honestly, how it has influenced different worldviews, different conflicts that has happened throughout history, maybe even wars, maybe even historical moments. We can see how just dividing people into two different categories really could maybe falsely shape in a totalitarian way 
falsely shape history and sh falsely shape our worldview. Now, to, to kind of before I get into critical race theory a little bit more, I want to talk about some of the fruit of this. And that would be the 1619 Project, which I believe needs mention. Published by the New York Times in August 2019, and the 1619 Project actually won a Pulitzer Prize for commentary in 2020, it came up with this thesis. And this thesis was, America was founded in 1619 when the first slave was brought to North America. The founding fathers to America came up with the Declaration of Independence. This is what they're saying. The founding fathers to America came up with the Declaration of Independence and really started the Revolutionary War against Great Britain because they wanted to protect their slave trades and their slave holdings. Now, we know that this is untrue. We know that America was founded on religious beliefs, and it was really a battle of four religious practices. And kind of the short version of the fruit of the 1619 Project is all of America's issues from large to small can be tied to racism. Everything from the climate, everything to health, everything to traffic, everything from any interaction that we have is a result of racism. And it's ridiculous and it's dangerous. And this is a result of the critical race theory and the ideology it creates. Now, do your own investigation on critical race theory and the 1619 Project. And I'm so glad that I was able to take a little bit of time today to talk about this because I think that it's so important that we arm ourselves to know, number one, what is being taught to our children? What is the 1619 Project? We can dismiss this stuff if we don't know what is being taught, if we don't know. And I'm going to link in the show notes to some of the resources that I found that talk about these very things so that you can go and do more in-depth research on your own. Well, we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and we're going to break down what is critical race theory. Why is it dangerous? How do we stand against it? And, what's, and why is this thing so anti-biblical? So stay tuned. I'm going to be right back. This is just a reminder to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate your support here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Your subscription helps me to know how to create greater content and better serve you, my listener. Thank you for hitting that subscribe button right now. to get into really breaking down what critical race theory actually is. Now, this is a very deep, deep, deep and seeped ideology, which requires much reading into because like so many things in the progressive world, it, it can be fluid. So um, I would encourage you to make sure you do 
more research to understand more of what it's about. And you can already see, if you haven't realized already, you can already see some of it beginning to seep into culture and really even maybe influencing you and some of your interactions today. But critical race theory, much like the already destructive critical theory, begins by separating people into two distinct groups, just like critical theory, but this is now by race instead of economics. And the first group is a minoritized racial group, and this is their words, or a group of victims where the entire system is rigged against them. Now, the second group would be the privileged or the oppressor or the exploiter. Now, with that, that starting out with just that, with that type of mindset, that assumes and expects racism to take place in all of your human interactions. That is very unhealthy. That is not good. And if that is what is being taught, that we are either privileged or oppressed, that we are either an oppressor or the oppressed based upon our race, we're already being separated and divided just by our skin color. And that's critical race theory, that the number one thing that matters about us is our race, is our skin color. That's ridiculous, and that is dangerous. And this means you are automatically racist, especially if you're white or you come from a place that they consider privilege. You are viewed as an oppressor before any kind of interaction or relationship even begins. You know, or, or vice versa, you're automatically a victim. And that creates, and we see it today, this massive victimhood. Both the oppressor mindset and the victimhood mindset are both destructive. Now, CTR is about assumptions and judgment based solely on race, like I said before. Not character, mind you. Not behavior. Not your morals. Not your ethics. Not your work ethic. But your race. Now, Martin Luther King Jr., he said the most famous line in maybe modern American history that he dreams of a day where his kids will live in a world where they will be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. I didn't quote it just right, but you know the phrase. They'll be judged by the content of their character. Critical race theory is against all of those things. Now, we got to understand that this is an American invention that began in the late 1970s, and it completely rejects Judeo-Christian values, biblical values, as we see, because God is not a respecter of persons, the New Testament says. We can see how this type of ideology will chip away at morality, won't it? And the very fabric of America, because racism, according to critical race theory, is everywhere and in everything. There is no escaping it. Now, we must admit that race was a massive proponent of the slave trade. No one's denying the fact that slavery was one of the most evil and vile and abusive and sinful practices known to man, that one man would own another man. It is demonic, it is evil, it is garbage, and it must be eradicated from the earth. And how many of you know slavery still exists today? It may not be by race, although many times it is. could be by gender. It's basically the strong preying on the weak. It is vindictive and manipulative, and it is demonic. 
And I believe that, especially when we talk about the slave trade in America and the slave owners in America, we need to honor the people who had to suffer. We need to remember them and never forget them so that we make sure that it never happens again. It is a part of our history that we cannot erase, and we must learn from it. We must become better because of it. But I believe, as do so many others, that our nation has done much healing, that our nation has come so far. In Joel 2, chapter 25, I'm going to look it up here. In Joel chapter 2, verse 25, the word of God says this, and I I love this scripture right here. It says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locust and the young locust and the other great locusts and the locust swarm, the great army that I sent among you. God is saying, I'm going to redeem what was stolen from you. And I think that that rings true with any kind of tragedy on a massive scale like this, with the Holocaust and with slave trading, not just in America, but worldwide. God wants to redeem those years in America. If we let God into racial reconciliation, we are going to see massive redemption, not more segregation, not more division. Now, we've also got to remember that there was a lot of energy, there was a lot of bloodshed, and that there was a lot of money that went into breaking the chains of slavery in America, abolishing slavery. There was 360,000 Union soldiers that died to free over 4 million slaves. That is, every death of a Union soldier, 12 slaves were freed. Think about that. 4 million slaves were freed on the death of these Union soldiers. What a massive, massive uh, 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 just redemption and just that statistic just there. But CTR, and that is the beginning. If you're willing to give your life to fight for the freedom of another man, that says something about your cause. That says something about the trajectory of where your movement is going. If you're going to give your lives for people you don't even know, that you know have been oppressed and unjustly treated, that says something about the Union soldiers. But CTR says, or when I say CTR, I mean critical race theory, it says that the hatred and the racism never died. This can create a thought that all whites are racist, and they only see black people because of the color of their skin. You know, and I I went to the barber shop today to get my hair cut, and as I pulled up, there was a gentleman who jumped out of his car right next to me. He was there to pick up his son. And as we kind of got there at the same time, and I said, you know what, bro, you go ahead and go in first, you were here first. And he said, yeah, thank you. You know, and as I, and I opened the door for this gentleman and the thought came to my mind. I mean, I forgot to mention to you that he was an African, African American or black or whatever the political correct term is. I'm not quite sure, but his skin melanin content of his skin was darker than mine. But I thought, what if he thinks I'm just saying that because he's black? What if he thinks I'm just saying that because like, You understand that? Like, I'm having a normal interaction where I was trying to be courteous to another human being, and the thought came to my mind, what if it became about race? What if if he thinks this is about race? And that can see, you can just see just from that mindset that I had, how this type of 
ideology, which I didn't have growing up or never had till the last couple of years, has already began to seep into culture. I watched a, uh, an interview with Jimmy Kimmel and the author of a book that I am going to, uh, I'm going to get for that. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up that information right now. Couldn't even finish it. I was watching it in preparation for this episode. And she basically went on to say that it was a very uncommon occurrence for a white person and a black person to have a civil interaction. She went on to say how racist white people are. They don't even realize how racist they are. You can, I'll try and link it in the show notes and you can watch it for yourself. I couldn't even finish it. It was so terrible, but that's the kind of ideology that is out there. And it is just disgusting. Okay. We've got to be careful when it comes to critical race theory and we need to reject it, but we need to be aware of it too. It is counter biblical to the restoration and reconciliation of human relationships that are offered by Jesus's death and resurrection. Jesus died so that we could be reunited with God and with each other. When we get reunite, when we get reconciled, excuse me, to God, we can't help but be reconciled to each other. Now, critical race theory offers a different view on sin and justification. We are not we are justified through Christ, not because we are oppressed, not because we are victims. And sin is in all men every race, every creed, every culture, and we need to repent of it, not just in a few. Now, how do we stand up against critical race theory? And there's so much more to it, I could do a series on it. But how do we stand up against critical race theory? Number one is we need to educate ourselves. We need to listen to podcasts like this. We need to listen to podcasts. We need to listen to watch YouTube videos, go to Prager University, where I do a lot of my research on current events. We need to read articles and books by trusted, biblical, conservative sources. Not CNN, not these other propaganda-based news outlets. We need to educate ourselves. And you know what, parents? We need, to we need to advocate, excuse me, against critical race theory. There are parents that are throwing fits in school board meetings across the nation as they should because they don't want their kids trained to be racist. Do you see how destructive this is? The third thing we need to do is we need to stand together. We don't need to point fingers at one another for someone standing up or standing out or speaking out. We need to stand together. We need to support those who publicly make stances. We need to support podcasts like this. We need to support podcasts that have massive uh, viewerships that are getting canceled. You know, people who are speaking out against this, they're getting banned from social media, shadow banned. It's actually a real thing. I have a very, very tiny following, and I get shadow banned, and I get warnings. So we need to understand that the mob rule, the big tech, the people who are pushing this are trying to silence the voice of common sense conservatives who don't want this thing out in our culture. And finally, we need to pray against the antichrist, prideful Jezebel spirit of racism that is hiding behind critical race theory. Those things right there, educate ourselves, advocate for our children, stand together, support those who are publicly speaking out against it, 
and pray against the principalities and powers that are pushing this evil agenda. And that's all the time that we have for today. We need to remember, we need to take a courageous stand for the truth. God bless you all, and I will see you next week right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. We live in a world that is in desperate need of courage and in desperate need of truth. My hope and prayer is that this podcast will equip and inspire you to live courageously for your families, for your communities, for your God, and for your country. Be courageous in your stance for truth in a world that has completely abandoned it. See you next time right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. Remember, I am your host, Eric Lundberg. Truth requires courage.